also have heard from a player, coach and administrators in this time of lockdown. But what about the referees, or potential referees? Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. A chance to hear at length from Wales National Performance Referee Manager Paul Adams on this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So what effects the lockdown having on referees? Some were due to be travelling the world this summer from international series to the Olympics. What effect will it have on current referees and the future development of others? Plenty of questions for the WRU refereeing department to be looking at. Paul, welcome. It's a, a different time for everybody involved in Welsh rugby, but it's also got quite a big impact on the refereeing department and, and the referees, both uh, professional and amateur in, involved in the game. Yes, that's right. It's very difficult at the moment because we were looking forward to the uh, the summer internationals and um, we had Craig and Adam Jones going to the Olympics. So obviously that's been postponed now. So that's that's very disappointing uh, for the both of those in particular who they've worked for four years for this. So um, it's another year now uh, and it puts them in a difficult position really because both of them want to push on in the 15 aside game as well. So we've got to have some uh, conversations and how we're going to map their season out for next year. As you say, some difficult decisions all around. Uh, it puts everybody's life on hold to an extent, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. It's, it's difficult for well, it's difficult for all referees because all referees obviously need to to train to keep up to the physical requirements of the game, but particularly the the professional referees because fitness requirements are obviously a, a lot uh, more demanding there. And it's finding alternative ways of training, really. So it really is a, a difficult situation for all concerned. So for those referees who are going to be, as you say, doing summer internationals, the Olympics, I suppose that's just put on hold. Is there an impact as well at the, you know, the lower levels of for, for referees sort of coming up through the system? Yes, the summer doesn't affect those so much, but obviously we've missed the, the tail end of the season now, and it's when referees sort of gear up for the the playoff games and the top positions and relegation battles. So it's it's usually an interesting part of the season for referees, and it gives us a a chance to see them in testing environments. So obviously we've we've missed out on that aspect, and of course you know um, right down to the. The children's game, it, it, they miss out on um, some big opportunities of, of refereeing school and age group games at the, the Principality Stadium. And of course, there was going to be rugby going on through the summer, both the women's game and uh, minis and juniors. Yeah, the women's game, we've targeted um, the women's game for refereeing and, and we've got uh, 12 extra women referees this year and some are showing real promise. Uh, and the realignment of the season gives them an opportunity because some of them still want to play. So the realignment of the season would have given them the opportunity to have played in the summer and then picked up the whistle for some of the, the winter games. So it was quite exciting time for women's refereeing, but obviously that's been put on the back burner now. We have to find alternative ways of engaging the referees, which has been challenging, but it gives us opportunities as well. We've just set up pod groups now for referees right from the community level up to the professional level. We can't use the professional referees at the moment because they've been furloughed, but um, certainly we've got meetings with the the premiership referees and we're going to ask them to take a lead in some of the aspects that we've got planned um, and we can do it through, through the web. 
So just different ways of getting at least some of that sort of preparation work done. Is that how it's working? It is, yes. Between myself, John Mason and Sean Brickle, we've taken on groups of referees, groups of advisors, and it, it gives us time to really sit down with them in small groups, although doing it uh, via the net like we are doing now. Uh, but it does give us the opportunity to sit down and talk in depth, which possibly during the season we, we don't have time to do because we're so busy. The aim really is to get everybody up to speed as far as we possibly can so that when the season does start again uh, we can hit it with a bang really. Because everybody's thinking about the, the season not being finished and looking at it from a playing point of view at all the all the various levels. As you say referees have got to look at themselves, look at their refereeing, look at ways of improving. That's another key part of it, just as it is for any player. Yes, exactly. And it's keeping them mentally in tune as well. Um, I must admit, it's been very encouraging the, the response we've had from referees. I think partly because they're getting a little bit bored in the house now and they, they sort of welcome in uh, any <laughs> meetings that uh, we're trying to set up. So we're trying to make those as interactive as possible, trying to make it as interesting as possible. But obviously without access to the uh, the office as well we, we, we're limited in what we can do but I think we've got some good stuff planned that uh, will sort of engage the referees coaches and advisors you mentioned in the women's game people wanting to maybe play one last season and then move into refereeing that's going to be across the board I presume there'll be people who will have played their last game as a rugby player but who would look to move in what would be the advice to those people who are maybe coming to the end of their careers or thinking of making the switch if you have a look at the age demographic of the the referees it's changed enormously over the last uh, 10 years I would say and we've actually got 10 referees who are refereeing in the Premiership now under the age of 27 which would have been unheard of um, a few years ago but with that comes its problems because the boys have to learn the game and the girls have to learn the game on the field where they haven't got the experience before where it was traditionally you played until you were early 30s and then you took up the whistle which is slightly different now so we are very encouraging our former players to start refereeing. If they've had enough of playing, they've had an injury, or even if they, they're new to the game, then if they contact the referees department, uh, at the moment, all our courses are, are on hold, but um, we're planning already setting up additional courses between September and Christmas to try and recruit because it's our biggest time of recruitment really is during the summer. Recruitment and training. There are some online resources people can can look at for more information, aren't there? Yes, if you go online, there's there's plenty of um, stuff there that they can look at. But there's nothing better really than getting together in a course because it's like it's like playing. We we, we regard ourselves as a team, and the support that you get from other referees during the course and and then post course. I think that's invaluable, really. We're moving away now from what used to be the traditional assessment or assessor route, where they're given an assessor who goes out with them and judges their performance. Uh, and we're putting a great deal of effort into coaching. So um, when the referees go out, when they first start off, they will be allocated a coach, and that coach will be with them for at least the first dozen games, which you know gives them some real good support you know and it doesn't matter how much you've played one of our 
recent recruits is uh, Jonathan Edwards, who played number eight for Cardiff, captain the Wales Sevens team, played for the Scarlets. And I went along to watch him in his first game, and I couldn't believe how nervous he was. Um, <laughs> but he's making excellent progress because of obviously his game knowledge. Someone who's played at a professional level and semi-professional level for so long, you think, would sort of fall into it. But it's it's different being a player to being a referee, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, um, we've had a couple of new players now join us from the professional ranks. Adam Hughes, who's had a number of injuries. Adam uh, had his first season last season. Adam was put in a development group along with Ricky Davis, who played prop for the Scarlets and spent a lot of time playing in France. And they bring a different dynamic to the group as well when, when they bring it, you know, their own playing experience to, to the group when we have, have our development days. Yeah, they do find it very dif- very different. And I don't think they realised how hard it was until they, they took up the whistle, really. And at that professional end, you mentioned the Olympics. There's Nigel Owens coming close to 100 international uh, refereeing appearances as well. I suppose all those referees are having to reassess their priorities going forward. Yes, exactly. You know, in Nigel's case, uh, we were hoping that um, he would get a couple of internationals in the summer, which would bring him up to 100. Having said that, he refereed really well in the Six Nations. And although probably I'm a bit biased, uh, I thought he was the standout referee uh, of the Six Nations. So we'd be encouraging of Nigel to continue to try to get to that 100 uh, cap mark and then review his career and you know, I know he's quite keen to do some coaching with our up-and-coming referees, and that will obviously his experience will prove invaluable for us and uh, for our development. He's yeah. obviously been such a key role model for people as well over the years, so that would be helpful. Oh, absolutely! You know, and uh, in fairness, in, in in everything he's done, he's he's really supportive of the grassroots stuff as well. And whenever he can, he'll turn up and do some work with us with regards to the courses. And he's had. Uh, you know, a good effect on, on, on people like Dan Jones, Ben Whitehouse, Craig Evans, Adam Jones, you know, all boys now who are coming into the professional game and, and doing well. And Nigel's always very supportive of those. I'm interested in the change from assessing to coaching, because it always used to be there'd be this you know, person up in the stand and the referee would be very conscious that they were there, but they'd be being judged rather than helped. That seems to me a very, very positive development. Yes, it is. It's still trying to get over the concept that the difference between, you know, coaching and, and advising or assessment. With advising, it's very much a, an, an assessment of a performance. Whereas with coaching, if somebody does something wrong, we, we try to find the reasons why and how we can improve it. And I think it's been a good development over the last couple of years because your coach then becomes a sort of coach, mentor, critical friend, someone to sort of lean on sometimes when it's not going so well. You know, and uh, I think the relationship between the coach and the the referee is is crucial to improve in performance. Just on a a wider note, looking at the state of refereeing in Wales, how would you sum up? It's something that we need for every game, but at the same time, getting numbers up is always crucial. Yes, it's a a balance, isn't it? Um, I was due to go around all the the societies this uh, month, talking about the various grades and fitness requirements etc and we've still got a lot of referees 45 and above and they can play an invaluable part you know in grassroots division two division three in the community game 
but also we've got an incredible number of youngsters coming through. We've got two 17-year-olds now who've just started. And when you talked about the advising and coaching and they've been given a coach straight away and uh, we're mindful of, of which fix, uh, fixtures they, they're given as well to get them on, on the pathway to uh, success really. And years ago, you had to referee at a certain level, you know, one year at one level, then another year at another level and it would take you six or seven years before you got anywhere near the top. But now we've got a pathway where if anybody shows promise, we push them up there straight away. It's not just age-related as well. One of the referees who we promoted last year to national leagues was was in his early 50s. Now, whilst that referee is never going to referee anywhere near the top end of the game, premiership or pro rugby, he can make an invaluable contribution to the leagues lower down. So it is a balance between getting numbers and, and getting the quality of referees as well. I suppose rugby is played at different paces at the different levels, isn't it? So yes, that balance, I can see how that works. Yes, and we use the um, national age grade, age grade rugby as part of our development pathway as well. And that's excellent because um, when they first start off, obviously they, they start off at a lower grade of rugby and it's quite slow and poses different problems, but then they get to the age grade rugby. It's a much, much quicker game and, and it really does test them. So it's a good environment for us, um, whereas players have got a, a pathway for development. We've got exactly the same process with refereeing. And you mentioned the women's game and the, the efforts to get more women referees. How's that working? It could be better. Uh, we, we're conscious that uh, we need to do a lot more with, with the women's game in terms of trying to recruit players. Uh, but over the last two or three years, Sean Brickle, who um, is the community lead, he's put a lot of effort into developing the women's game. And we had our first, Fr- Francesca Martin was our first uh, appointed by World Rugby to a test match last year. She she ran the line in the Six Nations. And we've got some really promising referees coming through now. And within the next three years, we hope to have a referee at test match level. So promising signs definitely there. And on a wider basis, in terms of in terms of the numbers, it's always an effort. It, it has been for decades. How does that work in terms of you know, getting those numbers in at the at the bottom level? And then you know who to develop faster or slower or you know, take at that pace. But you've got to get the base of the pyramid as wide as you can. We have. Yeah. And that's that's really important. Uh, and we're looking at development now. We just done an exercise with some of the advisors and we looked at a referee, both in their first year. One was 17 and the other was 44. The 17-year-old obviously has just started, has played very little rugby. The referee who was 44 has played a lot of rugby at, at, at a good level. And we looked at the sort of um, pathway for both of those because, they, as we said before, we've got to service the whole game. So, so it's invaluable, really. What we are getting is a lot of youngsters coming on board now. Referees coming on, of course, under 20 years of age. And I think the difficulty that we have with that is managing their expectations. You know, they all want to be the next Nigel Owens. And I think you've got to remember that we've only got five professional referees in Wales. So the chances are are slim, really, of making it at the professional level but nonetheless it's our job to um, give them every opportunity to try to optimize their potential and I suppose Nigel has been that focal point for so long and don't know when he'll finish but but he must be obviously coming towards the end of his career how's that process in terms of trying to build another 
Nigel Owens or another two or three Nigel Owens? There are people who are beginning to referee at that top level, aren't there? We've got four referees now doing the, the Pro 14. They've all got coaches. They've all got access to S&C. They've all got access to the psychologist. So it is very much a pathway that if they show promise, then it's a good life, really. You take Craig now. Craig's been all over the world doing doing the sevens. And Ben Whitehouse and Dan Jones, they've been all over the world doing the 15-a-side game. So, you know, if you can make it to the professional level, it, it is a very... Uh, it is a great career to be involved with, really, if you're, if you're a youngster. And I suppose at that very top level, it's like being a player. It's very competitive. Actually, getting that place in the team is uh, very hard up against some other very good referees. It is. The problem we've got now in, in Pro 14, which is our avenue into world rugby, is that because we've got four regions and there's neutrality, the referees have to be neutral, there are also four Irish teams, so we've got limited opportunities, really, with, with, the, with the four referees that we've got. They're refereeing at best every other game, whereas in England, their top 10, 12 referees are refereeing at the top level every game. So, so that's a challenge for us, is getting the right quality games for those lads. But also, we've got some really good referees coming through in the Premiership now and in the Championship. So it's very competitive but it's trying to keep everybody happy and uh, provide a good product for those leagues as well. It's obviously something that the WIU have spent a lot of time and effort over the last uh, few years trying to get people in the community game to respect referees and give them the respect they deserve. Is there a feeling that that message is is getting through at all levels? I, I presume it's sort of an ongoing message, is it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's more of a cultural thing than a, than a rugby thing, to be honest with you, and sort of a blame culture. If you lose, you blame the referee, which perhaps wasn't the case a while ago. We've still got that respect for the referee, um, and I know there are, are incidents that take place now and again, and they are highlighted. But also, there's some really good stuff coming through. You know, I get, I've get i got a good relationship with coaches, and uh, whilst, you know, I have the, the complaints, I also have a lot of feedback from coaches on uh, how good the refereeing is and how he contributed to a or she contributed to a to a very good game so i think there is still that respect and i think referees as well we've we've got to, to work on that and keep keep it there and that's part of our values in the game as well you know respecting the values of the game uh, and the referee is there to to uphold those uh, values and to guide the players i guess in in certain ways and in most internationals, there's an incident that people disagree with. So at uh, club level, without TV cameras and analysis and so on, there will always be that sort of situation coming up, won't there? Oh, yes, absolutely. The, you know, you see some decisions now. I think probably the TMO is probably the hardest job in rugby at the moment. And you see, I watched it some games and I'm thinking, gosh, is that going to be a try or is it not going to be a try? And you can think of five reasons why you could give it and five reasons why you sh- shouldn't give it, you know. So it, it, it's not a, an exact science referee. And, and I think that's why the, the better referees who have a, an empathy for the game, you know, get to the top uh, rather than just applying the sort of laws of the game. If it was just applying the laws, then that would be easy for people to do and for other people to assess and judge. It is that empathy that is almost a, an indefinable X-factor type quality, isn't it? We do lots of game analysis from Premiership app, app and it's very forensic. And a lot of it is uh, to do with 
you know, when to give the penalty rather than giving the penalties all the time. You know, you could blow a game and you could have 38 penalties in a game and technically the referee could be right, but you never get a game flowing. Whereas it's the art really of, of when to blow the whistle and when to let it go, but to, to maintain that respect from the players and to make sure that the laws are adhered to and at the end of the day, the best team win. So overall, if I just asked you to sum up the state of, of refereeing in Wales, how would you describe it? I think we're in a in a good position at the moment. Um, we've got a lot of um, youngsters pushing from the Premiership to the the Pro 14 boys. We could do with a, a bit more recruitment at the moment. We are servicing the game in Wales. We ha- we do provide a referee for every league game in Wales. So you know you're talking about 170 games um, a week. We haven't failed to do that yet, but at some occasions especially during half term when there's a lot of teachers go away and when we've got European rugby where we send in teams of three or four uh, out to Europe so we're 20 30 referees short uh, we could do with a, with a few more referees so I would say at the moment it's it's in quite a healthy state but there's always room for improvement I'm sure that's that's the case <laughs> everywhere and yeah. just just finally there is obviously going to be a time when rugby returns and it will probably be quite busy because everyone will be coming back around about the same time there'll be a desperation there'll be a real pent-up need for the game how confident happy are you that that you've got all the numbers and those referees will be prepared to to cope with that demand when it does come back well from the response i've had to the request to meet with myself and uh, our staff uh, in these uh, blog meetings, etc. I think it'd be really good. I think they're missing it now. A lot of the referees are missing it. Would be looking forward to starting. However, the longer it goes on, the more comfortable they may be sitting at home. So desperately trying to keep them engaged and ready for the start of the season. Paul, a, a difficult time for everyone, referees and included. Thanks for, for doing your best to keep it going and get it ready for the, for the return. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much. WRU National Performance Referee Manager Paul Adams. Interesting stuff. It's always important to remember about the referees. It's good to hear that everything will be geared to go when the day comes. A chance to hear much more next week, but until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye and stay safe.